Bonjour. Uh, Bienvenue to Devin the Bear. I don't know. That's my French isn't great. I took two I years of French, French and that's way better than mine. Ah, cool. Yeah. We. Right. Oui. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, today we're going to be talking about the recent card, which was in Paris, France, uh, headlined by Cyril Ghosn and Ty Tuviasa. Coming up in the card, there's a lot of names that I feel like a lot of people don't know, but hopefully because of that card, they do know now. Um, yeah. But I think one of the biggest ones are two people who are coming up, Charles Jordan and Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood was uh, definitely the outsider here. Yeah, for sure. Charles Jordan being the 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 hometown favorite. The hometown I guess. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a good fight. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this fight a lot because I like Nathaniel Wood. He was a bad boy prospect coming up through the rankings. He suffered a loss to John Dotson, and he kind of was going back and forth, win and loss. And then um, I see this fight get booked. When this fight first got booked, uh, I know how big Nathaniel Wood is. He's a perfect size bantamweight, in my opinion. But when I see he's going up to featherweight to fight uh, somebody like Charles Jourdain, I was like, there's no freaking way, dude. Like, this is not a good fight for him at all. And then the fight starts, and Charles Jourdain, I guess, like, I, I like him a lot. You know, we've talked about him a lot. And But he is kind of losing the ones that he, so he should be winning, you know. And... um. It was a great fight though, but every time every time there was any type of exchange, you saw that Nathaniel Wood was just ahead on every aspect of the fight. He was hitting harder, he was landing better, he was faster. When it came to any aspect, stand up or clinch or ground, like he was just and it was on the ground very much. There was a lot of stand up in this fight, but uh, Nathaniel Wood really showed that featherweight might be his weight class. Um, it's crazy to see because he's only standing at like five foot six. But I mean, you look at somebody, he, and he doesn't have the stature of like uh, Alexander Volkanovski. He's not stocky like that either. But it was a fun fight, a fun back and forth fight. I mean, I would have definitely given Nathaniel a performance of the night, but that's just me. I would, I would hope that he he did get it because there was only one other person that had a, as dominant of a performance. Yeah, that was Robert Whitaker. Yeah. So if you're doing something on the same level as Robert Whitaker, I think you deserve something. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Robert Whitaker. I mean, that dude also, man, he just put on a complete class. Like, what's like a master class? That's the word I'm looking for. Like, against Marvin Vittori. Like, he just went in there, man, and he just, Marvin Vittori had no answers for it. But we talked about this before multiple times with Marvin Vittori. And she's, his striking is very basic, you know, and yeah. not a bad way. Um, I guess it is a bad way whenever you're at the he's, top of He's the- fundamentally strong, but there's nothing that's going to surprise you. Even his then, grappling is an elite. Yeah. Even then, to call him fundamentally strong, it's kind of hard, though. You know, he gets uh, sloppy. He gets very sloppy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, his fight with Paulo Costa was a very fun fight, but. I mean, you look at his stand-up, like he got clipped whenever he's fighting Kevin Holland. He's beating Kevin Holland that whole fight. Um, he just, uh, I, di- I never really got how Adesanya never, like, didn't finish him. Because, like, uh, Vittori is a tough fighter, but, I mean, that's just it. He's just true grit. But when it comes to it, like, this boxing's very rudimentary, very low level. My opinion, you know, I know that's kind of harsh to say. Low level for the level at which he fights. Right, yeah. Don't get us wrong and think that we're over here calling out like, oh, we could be Vittori. Yeah. No, no. just he's fighting the best of the best of the best. Right. With what he's got, of course he's going to lose to Whitaker. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to put it, honestly. Especially if they stay on the feet the way they do. I mean, obviously, dude, like, I don't don't fucking fight. But, like, uh, you know, I I don't train. I don't do any of that. But, um. It's like I'm not trying to sit here and just bash this guy for what he does, but it, when it comes down to it, is that you know what comes down to his level of striking. It's like how did you get this far and like you can't even put together a one-two without keeping your hands in place, you know, yeah. or keeping your hands up. 
Um, it's just something else with him. I don't, I've never really understood it. I like, I used to like Marvin Vittoria a lot, but after his last fight with, um, not his last fight, but the fight before that with Adesanya, I was like, what did you think you did that won that fight? You know? Yeah, so I, he was pushing forward, but that doesn't win you the fight. No. I remember a long time ago, Chuck Liddell was, uh, commentating like he was a guest commentary or maybe it was, uh, um, Randy Couture. Right. Uh, but they were saying, oh, well, this guy's done the forward pressure the whole time. And I, uh, Mike Goldberg was like, oh, well, he's doing the forward pressure, but he's not doing the offense. Yeah. And he was like, well, I think if you're pushing forward, like that should be win you the fight. And I was like, that's why fighters shouldn't always yeah. be commentators. Yeah. Or or I would say maybe wrestlers as well, though, or BGB, like when it comes down to because wrestling, you know, or clinching is you're pushing that pace nonstop. But just because you're pushing, it doesn't mean you're doing anything with yeah. it, you know. Uh, but I mean, we've seen it work in some other people's favor, though. Like Marab Devalish really just beat Jose Aldo doing that, you know. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of going off the off the rails with this one, but it was just uh, like we talked about. It was just a great performance with Robert Whitaker. What do we do next with him, though? Um, I don't think you do a title shot. But what else do you do? I have no clue. Uh, what else is going on at middleweight? Like, who else is there? I mean, there's Sean Strickland coming off of a loss. Actually, he just pulled out of his fight uh, with Jared Cannonier. Yeah, um, I was about yeah. to say I thought. He was yeah, set you can't you can't do Whitaker. Cannonier. You can't do Whitaker versus Cannonier too. Yeah, I don't um, think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that was a it was an okay fight, but it's not ones that you know people were begging to see. Um, I mean with with uh, Robert Whitaker, I guess maybe get the loser of Adesanya versus Pejia. Um, just something something new. Because that's something that we talked about while watching Whitaker's fight is it's crazy to see that Adesanya and Whitaker are both going to clear out the division yeah. while someone else is a champ, you know, while uh, while Adesanya's champ, champ, you know, Whitaker's lapping the division as well, though. And so, I mean, you kind of wonder what's next for him. He did get asked about going up to 205, and he said, we'll see what happens when we get there. Because he did say that if he goes up there, he's like, I'm staying up there. I'm not, I'm not coming back down. Yeah, I don't think he should move up. I think he's I think really small for that weight class. Move up if any. If either of those two move up, it should yeah. be Adesanya. Yeah, I like mean, you were you did it all as the champion. You're the one expected to go do something bigger, right? Well, I don't expect champions to do that. I'm fine with them lapping their division two times over. It's cool to see a dominant champion. Thanks, Conor and McGregor, fucking it all up for everybody. Everybody yeah. wants to go up and move divisions or go down. I'm going to be a double champ 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 spanish and everybody wants it now but i mean yeah. what's i don't know if you don't defend both the belts then what's it really matter you know yeah but then also if you're defending a weight class that's completely dead then what does it really matter you know i mean uh it's a hard one like uh patricia pitbull's really good about it whenever he was lightweight and featherweight champ he was defending both titles and two strong weight classes over in bellator but like I said, I'm going off the rails a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, so that, that'll bring us to the main event. Uh, we'll go ahead and get there. Cyril Gaon and Tai Tuviasa. Um, that went about how I expected it to go. Right. And I don't think like I had some unique, you know, idea about how that fight was going to go. But I don't want to speak for everybody. But I think everyone knew Ty had a Ty has a puncher's chance, and that sounds pretty demeaning for what he brings to the table. But it is what it is that he's. He's got amazing power and he has amazing boxing. He's a big guy. He makes everything work. Uh, he, I think he utilizes everything that he has to its peak every time he goes in there. Um, but Cyril is just such an anomaly at heavyweight that I think it got the better of Ty. Yeah, uh, definitely with Cyril just being able to withstand the power. He got dropped. He got put in a new chair, but got right back up and kept fighting. 
And um, I mean, we finally got to see the side of Surreal. Like, so fans who don't really know or respect Surreal Gon finally got to see that he's he's a dog, you know. Um, he's right. He deserves to be at the top of, of the food chain when it was, I mean, uh, depending on what happens with Naganu. Um, I mean, just going in there and just like going, trying to make it, keep it technical, you know, keep your defense up because Ty hits like a freaking truck. You don't want to get touched by that dude. And he gets touched and it's like, you know what? No, we're going to make it a fight and goes out there and takes the fight to Ty to Viasa and knocks him out. I mean, um, it was a crazy fight, dude. For those three rounds, first round was kind of a fill out round, but those uh, second and third round, dude, it was exciting. It was crazy. Um, I, I did like when you texted me, you're like, "Was this how you felt watching Rockhold versus Costa?" Yeah, because to me, that's yeah. what it felt like. Like yeah. it was crazy, but neither guy was just like walking around with their hands down, like just kind of throwing punches at each other. Yeah. Uh, so it, they were. It was a fight from start to finish. Um, and it. It didn't last as long, so maybe by the end of it they would have been like that, but I don't think so. I don't think either of those guys were quite that tired. I think Ty was getting there though. He, yeah, well, he was getting freaking teeped in the body. Dude, I'm the telling you, man, I would have shit my pants for one of those teeps. <laughs> he was hitting him so hard Dude, with those, he was, like stabbing his organs with his foot. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, Jesus Christ, man! Someone stopped the goddamn match. Like it, they look so painful. Uh, we'll probably actually post a picture right about here for that, but uh, so you can get an idea of how tough those teeps are, man. It was vicious. But Surogan, I really don't know what to do with him next, though. I mean, uh, I guess you wait for Jones versus Stipe, or you wait to see what Naganu's going to do. Um, I, I'd, depending on how long it's going to take Naganu to get ready, yeah. um, I'd say rematch, because the way their fight went the first time, I don't see it going that way again. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Cyril has changed enough, but I also don't think francis will be able to fight the way he did that first time i don't think he'll be able to do the takedowns again yeah i think cyril just wasn't ready for francis to try to do takedowns yeah i i don't know what he was i think he was just too afraid of um, the power the power yeah and i can't blame him yeah you know uh that's uh, that's uh, such a huge factor when you fight someone like francis Deganu is that that dude can sleep you from anywhere we've seen him do it i mean we just saw of course we've seen the alistair over him knockout but even the cam velasquez knockout he just slipped that punt that like uh, this uppercut right in there, not much force into it or anything. Next, you know, Kane Velasquez folds in, tears both of his ACLs and tears both of his knees up bad, yeah. and then that's the rest of the fight. You know, um, it's um, it's a it's an interesting one with that with the whole weight class right now because it's kind of on pause right now. It's on standby. You know, um, you know, we 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 don't even know for sure if John Jones is even gonna fight this year. Yeah, I was gonna say we got to see what happens with John Jones. I feel like yeah. it's 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 funny, but it's all John Jones's fault. Yeah, so we're waiting to see what... if he shows up and he whoops Stipe, you you give him the title shot. They're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna make him fight again and risk him losing or, to someone. Or you see what's up with uh, Nganu if he's not gonna defend the title, then strip that title from him and give it yeah. to Jones versus Stipe. Jones versus, um, and, you think they would do it Jones Stipe and not wait and see yeah, Jones but, versus Cyril? I, I mean, with how dominant a champion John Jones was, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of John Jones. He's an incredible fighter though, but he's he's an amazing fighter. He's one of the best to ever do it. Steroids or not, you can't deny the talent and the mindset and the fight IQ that he has uh, for the sport. He's one of the, he really is one of the best to do it. It's just, he's always going to have an asterisk by his name because of the steroids. Um, yeah. No matter what, you know, a, a freaking picogram, it's like dropping salt into an Olympic sized swimming pool, no matter what it is, he's always going to have that. But I mean, with how dominant of a champion he was, you look at his resume. I mean, why wouldn't you make that fight for the title? You know, I mean, Stipe wants to fight for the title again. 
He wants the belt back, so why not give it something else to fight for? You have a champion that's not wanting to defend the belt. You have it, and he's. I. It's been. I think it's been. Has it been over a year? It's been close to over a year, close Something to a year. Like I mean, that. but it's been a while because he, you know, he did. He was coming back from his knee surgery. But UFC and him have made it very obvious. Like they made him a good deal. He walked away from it. So they've done what they can. So I don't know what they're going to want to do with that. I can see Hunter Campbell just being like, you want to know, fucking strip him. Um, which if you ever hear about how hard nosed the UFC, um, what negotiations can be, usually it is Hunter, Hunter Campbell was in charge of all that. And um, I think he was a lawyer. I know for sure his dad was a lawyer. So, you know, yeah. he, he knows how to argue. So, uh, but, <clears throat> I mean, give Cyril the winner of those guys. Because who else are you? You're giving them, um, I mean, there's Curtis Blades. You know, maybe Blades versus Gone. Winner gets that. Because, I mean, Blades has been knocking on the door for a title show. You can't deny it anymore. Who did he just knock out? Uh, He didn't knock him out, but Tom Aspinall tore his knee against him. Oh, that's right. Okay. I yeah. forgot about that. I was like, it was Dawkins, but what was. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of things you can do. Not really a lot of things, but it's just like, it's very simple matchmaking that can easily happen. Yeah. I, I still see Curtis Blades as like gatekeeper of the top five right now. Yeah. Which, not, not title contender yet. Yeah. Um, If he had really been able to go out there and put Tom Aspinall down or yeah. dominate him, whatever it is that Curtis Blades is going to try to do. Um, We can't deny him now though. He's got hands. Yeah. But against... And Ganu, yeah. Who knows how his hands will look against something like that it's, against Cyril Gan? Yeah. Who knows? Um, that's not a knock on Dawkins. It's just different styles. So I, I still see him as a gatekeeper for the top five. I think um, I think Dawkins could easily drop down to two hundred five. Honestly, yeah, um, so he's got a little bit of extra weight. I'm a little pudgy too. It's cool. Like, uh, but I think he's he's got a little bit of extra weight that I think he could he can easily drop down to two hundred five. And if he can make it happen, I would consider it. I think it'd be a really good weight class for him. You know, he moves fast for heavyweight. He moves yeah. really fast. Um, but I think it'd just be best for him. I mean, he's he's got knocked out two times in a row by Derek Lewis, then Curtis Blades. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. I mean, it's just the divisions, the heavyweight divisions, at a really bad stalemate right now. So, but I think at the moment, after that performance, Silgan is kind of the. Definitely the shiny guy. Oh yeah, I mean you can't deny him anymore at all. Uh, I mean he's definitely he's definitely one of the top contenders. Uh, he has some of the best. He probably has the best stand up in the whole division as well. Yeah. You know, um, I mean that's probably more of an opinion, but yeah, I mean you can't time. deny him, dude. So crisp, so clean. Yeah, it's nice, man. But hopefully we'll get some more answers in the next coming weeks and uh, let us know what y'all think about that. Like, who should Gone fight next? Should he fight the winner of Jones versus Stipe? Should he fight Curtis Blades? Um, a lot of stuff going on with that. So let us know your thoughts on that. So this weekend coming up though, we have a big card. Uh, Nathan Diaz's last fight in the UFC is happening this Saturday, September 10th, 2022. Um, a lot of good stuff going on with this card. What I personally thought was shaping up to be a bad card is now shaping up to be a pretty good card. I think I remember saying like, let's give it some time. Yeah. And it was, it grew. It definitely grew. Yeah. Um, the prelims have some pretty big names, uh, Norma Dumont and Danielle Wolf. I don't think Danielle Wolf's had a lot of, uh, she doesn't have a lot of fights, but she's a big mm-hmm. name as far as boxing. I think she's a boxer okay. before she was in MMA. And then Norma Dumont is a big Brazilian name. Uh, so that's a, your headliner for your early prelims. And then you have Jake Collier and Chris Barnett opening up the prelims. That's pretty exciting. I, I really like that matchup. Um, yeah. I think Chris Barnett finally has a matchup that doesn't, immediately put him 
uh, at a disadvantage. So that's nice. We may, we may be able to see him get to open up against someone like Jake Collier, who loves to get into brawls. Yeah. Um, Didn't Jake Collier fight uh, John Jones? That sounds real familiar. It does, right? Yeah. I, think I remember he did. Jake Collier used to be pretty shredded. Yeah. I think he did. Can you look into it real quick? Yeah. But yeah, because Jake Collier, what did he, he used to be a middleweight and he eventually went up to heavy. He's unrecognizable at heavyweight. Oh, uh, it's crazy, yeah. dude. Um, but I mean, he's he's definitely. I mean, he's picked up some wins at heavyweight too. I believe he fought Chase Sherman. Um, but he's been it's crazy as shit to see him now because when he got into UFC, he was just shredded, and then now you see him now. It's like yeah, you're definitely see a heavyweight. fight against John Jones. No. Um, but let me see. Where he used to fight at because i know for sure he fought at um a different weight class and so but yeah i know he did for sure fight at a different weight class but chris barnett though he's um coming off a pretty tough loss so i think he definitely needs to put himself in the one column and like what we're talking about right now is this is probably the fight to do so um he had that really fun knockout against um Julie, uh, gian Vellante. Then he went on to just pretty much get clinched and need the whole time in his next fight. Yeah, which yeah. it didn't look good on him at all. But I I do want him to be able to open up, and I think this is a good fight for that because, like I said, Jake Collier likes to brawl. Um, I don't I don't think uh, this fight goes past the second round. I could see it going into the second round, but mm. I don't see I don't think this fight goes to decision. Uh, they're both going to get too tired. And yeah, so what else we got going on on the card? Uh, the headliner for Jamie Pickett's fighting in the prelims as well. He's always fun to watch. But the headliner is going to be Hakeem Dewadu and Julian Arosa. That fight's going to be really solid. Yeah. Both of those guys always bring it. They're always all over the place. They're pretty well-rounded. Um, featherweight contenders in the future, both of them. Yeah. Um, and then we're opening up the main card with Johnny Walker and Ian Kutalaba. I like that fight because it's going to be fun. I don't care who wins. I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of both of them. Now I'm just a fan of them. Yeah. Um, I don't care who wins. I just want to see a good fight. And I, I think we're going to. I don't really care for either of these guys, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I was, I was kind of getting on the Johnny Walker hype train. People were already talking about him being John Jones back in the day. Like, it's way too early to be saying that. <laughs> like, and then he, um, he has the style for it, just not the IQ. Yeah, he does. He's a freaking. He's too sloppy. I'm sorry, but the guy's a moron in yeah. the cage. He yeah. takes way too many risks. He is way too sloppy. Yeah. It's just too much, man. And then so um, he needs a big one. Ian Tulaba, he's just always just he's always been good. You know, he's always yeah. been a hard fight for a lot of people. And he's always, he's he's just too up and down. His yeah, career. He's always win a couple. He's lose shown. A couple. He's finally fixing the holes that he's needed to fix though in his last couple of fights. Uh, like he's I'm not exploding all of his energy in the first yeah, round. He's finally got some good cardio. He's finally fighting smarter. And so kind of with the route that he's going, I've been pretty excited for it, but I mean, this is going to be, it's going to be, I, th- I would be surprised if it's not a slugfest though. Yeah. I would be you very know? surprised if it goes to decision. If it does go to decision, mm. it's going to be because Ian Kutalaba is using grappling. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see Johnny Walker fighting smart. Uh, I guess he could make that change, but yeah. you know, at some point it's going to have to happen if he wants to really change things, but needs it. Yeah. I don't see him doing that. Mm-mm. What we got up next? Uh, Irene Aldana, who is one of my favorites because she walks out to have been sevenfold one time, and I really liked that. Um, and then Macy Kiasen, Kiasen. That's a good fight. That is a really good fight. Yeah. I don't see Macy winning it though. No, 
Irene's so good. Her her boxing's really clean and her grappling is just as good. Yeah, and that's what basically she used a lot of clinch in her last fight to win her yeah. last fight. And I feel like um she's gonna really get gets thrown me. to the ground yeah. against Aldana if she does that. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's a, it's a tough fight for Kiosen, but I mean she's shown that she's she can be next level if she needs to be though. But Irene Aldana, she's a very tough fight for anybody that's trying to break into the into um future title talks, you know. Hopefully she walks out again too. It's um Avenged Sevenfold's cover of uh Malagueña Salarosa. It's really cool. That was cool. And I heard that guitar and I was like, Yep, oh, this is my new favorite fighter. <laughs> That's cool. Uh but yeah, up next we have Kevin Holland taking on Daniel Rodriguez. It's it seems like such a weird fight to be made, but it, it does make sense. It's just not at all what I would have expected. Yeah, I like this fight, though. I like Daniel Rodriguez. If you don't really know much about him, go check him out. Um, I mean, his fights against Kevin Holland were fun. His fights against Mike Perry were fun. Um, I remember Kevin Holland, even after Kevin Holland, Kevin Lee, shit. Look into his fight with Kevin Lee. Um, But his fight with Kevin Lee, like Kevin Lee tried to, you know, just brush him off. And uh, even after he lost, he's uh, Kevin Lee said, you know, before I was losing to future world champions and top contenders. Now I'm just losing to nobodies. It's like that guy just whooped your ass for three rounds, yeah. dude. Like you can't just call this man a nobody. Like, um, I like Daniel Rodriguez. He's a dog. He's got great boxing. Uh, he's got very good boxing, and it's it's, uh, it's fun to watch. And then you have Kevin Holland, a guy who, who like feeds into that style, you know. Um, and then also has shown to have better grappling. Has been shown to have some good submission defense. Um. I mean, his last two Hootie fight, he fought, uh, he's at 170 now, so he's fought uh, Cowboy Oliveira, yeah. and he fought Tim Means. And um, that Which, was a, that Oliveira fight impressed me a lot. You were talking about his submission defense. Yeah. I was really impressed with that. Yeah. Uh, he was able to defend that rear naked choke immediately. Just got and he that. He was just chilling the yeah. whole time. Just thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. And so, um, but this is a good fight for Kevin Holland, though, as well, though, because now he's fighting his prospects in the welterweight division. He made his name at middleweight but then we saw him suffer those losses against vittori brunson and who else did he lose to was that it i think so yeah so they just uh, wrestled him down yeah they just wrestled down so they, he showed those weaknesses so now he's at 170 but i mean he's got a tough fight in front of him this isn't an easy fight for him at all people that think he's gonna walk right through daniel rodriguez like really need to do some research with that guy because he yeah. he's a fun fight this is a great fight to make um when i saw this fight was put on this card i was like okay finally we're getting some good fights on this card so um yeah, but I don't know, man. I think I'm, I'm gonna go D Rod on this one. I, I I hate to go against my boy Kevin because trains out of Houston now. Yeah, and, and- I, I I want Daniel Rodriguez to win, and I don't want to see Kevin Holland lose. However, I think Kevin Holland is just the more experienced guy. Yeah, I think he's got more tools. I think he wins it. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that too as well. So what else we got? We got Lee Jing Lee Jingliang taking on Tony Ferguson. Uh, another matchup that I think is weird. Uh, yeah. It makes sense. I get it. It's just weird. Let me be real with you. I fucking hate this fight. Yeah. Why? Because, like, it's very obvious what they're trying to do here. I mean, um, like, you, what did you say that uh, Dana White said? Dana said that he's uh, he doesn't want to see Tony get knocked out again. So this might be if he get if he does get knocked out, he's done. Then why do you give him this fight? You know, I mean, give uh, him a really heavy boxer. So something worth looking into is going and checking out MMA on point. Talked about this a little bit. They're probably, that's my favorite MMA channel to watch. Um, Ours is mine. Well, yeah. Whatever. Well, I'm I mean, just kidding. you know what? Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I answered, I, I, I answered the wrong question. Uh, what's, I have the wrong opinion. Um, so um, they covered on this and how uh, it's like back in the day when they had the matchmaker, Joe Silva, 
would book fighters on their last fight, a super hard fight that he knew that they couldn't win. So when they they would try to renegotiate for another contract, he could just lowball them and screw them over. And this is kind of a recurring thing with this card, I feel like, with the co-main and the main event, you know? Yeah. And so with this fight, like making this final, what, what was a four weeks notice it got announced? And it's definitely short. Yeah, it was. I think it was a four weeks notice fight. And I'm like, man, like this is not a good fight for Tony Ferguson. After he just got knocked out the way he did, against a guy like Li Jing Liang, like, um, even though he did lose to Hazmat and get dominated, I don't see Tony Ferguson doing that to him. Yeah, I don't you know? see Tony Ferguson running in there, getting his arms around Lee and throwing him up yeah. in the air and yeah. over naked. And, and it's no disrespect at all to Tony Ferguson, but it's just like um, we talked a little bit about, like, I think even G, uh, Liang, G. Lee Liang, it's easier for me to say his name, like, as a full name rather than just the last name. Um but even he talked about it is, um, you know, people are like not giving Ferguson the respect he deserves. And I think that is true as well. But um, this is a whole different weight class. Like when he fought it, because Tony Ferguson used to fight at 170 and the guys who fight at 170 now, like they're having to cut a lot of weight to 170 yeah. now. Um, like I tell people before, like, you know, I've tried to explain this before is like whenever you're trying to bulk up to a weight class and you get the weight cut in, it's easy. It's like, okay, this was easier than making 155. And then you find a guy who's going down to 170, you know, make the same weight, but he's going to be probably 15 pounds heavier than you because he's At used least. to put, yeah, he's used to putting on a lot more weight than you are. Um, the only thing I see Tony Ferguson really having out of that is just an easier weight cut, at yeah. least stronger than him, maybe just a little faster, maybe, you know. And uh, that's just, and that's being kind of kind because yeah, I don't see that. Ferguson Lee's is getting up there. Real fast hands. Yeah. And uh, he's a killer dude. He got him a leech for a reason, you know? Um, but also at the same time, like Tony's a dog. So, I mean, you can't fully count him out, but it's, it's so hard to count him. It's so hard to not count him out with this fight because this yeah. is a very tough fight. And so when Dana White says, I don't want to see him go in there and get knocked out, then why make this fight? You know, I mean, there's, I don't know. It is what it is. Ulterior motives. Yeah. Probably. So um, speaking of ulterior motives. Nate Diaz and Hamza Shemaev. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, boy. I, well, like also I will add to this main event though. People are giving the UFC a bunch of shit whenever Nate Diaz asked for this fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I don't know. It's it's a hard fight. Uh, well, it's a hard fight for Nate. I don't think it's a hard fight for Shemaev at all. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't see Hamza having trouble um unless it goes to like the fourth and fifth round yeah but even then i don't think he has a lot of trouble i don't think nate's gonna be able to keep up with the pressure no. that Hamza's gonna put on because i mean you think about it when was the last time nate was really pressured like even when leon edwards beat him he wasn't pressuring him he was just beating him yeah um I mean, Jorge Masvidal pressured him a little bit, and he busted him out quick. Yeah, you know, uh, and that was just striking. That wasn't wrestling. Um, Rory McDonald pressured him. He threw him around like multiple times. Long. How long ago was that? That'd be at least ten years ago. That was, was at one seventy. But but that's what I'm, yeah. right. I'm saying. You don't see Nate Diaz pressured a whole lot, but when you yeah. do, he does not win. Yeah. Um, he falls behind on the scorecards, and he doesn't really keep up. Um, yeah. Josh Thompson pressured him a lot and yeah. knocked him out. Yeah. Uh, RDA. Yeah. Uh, so Vincent Henderson. If we're gonna act like Amzat's not gonna go in there and pressure him, there's a recurring thing going on right yeah, here. I think, yeah. and I'm not saying that Nate wilts the pressure. I'm saying that Nate's style doesn't work well against bigger, stronger guys. Right. And he's used to being the bigger, stronger guy, and it's not happening with Hamzat. Yeah, it, I mean, even stronger is a very you got to use it kind of lightly at the same time, though, because like Nate Diaz has never really been a like a powerhouse type of fighter. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm saying like 
people have an issue taking him he, down. He used to be a big brother in people, kind of, because yeah. he is bigger. He's he is longer, and um, I mean, he's always had some good aspects that go for him being at lightweight. But I mean, the guy that he's fighting now is could be easily in the next year be our future champ. Yeah. Honestly, um, Hamza Chimaev is. Even though his fight with Gilbert Burns showed that he does belong in the top, I don't think he's one of the best in the division, you know? Not yet. He's got to fix um, some things, but those I are mean, the kind of fights to point that out to yourself. Yeah, I think on any given day, Gilbert Burns could have won that fight. Um, it was a close fight, but if he would have just done a, some things, I think he wanted the knockout as well. But, I mean, there are some things about Hamza that are in question, like his gas tank. Is he going to be able to go five rounds with with uh, Nate Diaz? Now, I, like the other like, the other side of the coin with that is, can Nate Diaz withstand the punishment that Hamza Chamayev gives out? You know, yeah. we, we long have, enough without yeah. losing all his own energy, can yeah. he put up with that long enough to start outfighting Hamza? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard one. Like it's it's definitely gonna go back and forth with that. I mean, it's it's always gonna be just well glass half full, glass half empty type of shit with this fight because. Um, I don't think Nate Diaz has ever fought somebody who hits as hard as Hamza Chimaev. Uh, this dude was knocking out middleweights a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and he cuts down to one seventy. Uh, he's pretty tall. What is he like six three? I think so. Yeah, he's bigger than Nate Diaz. He's stronger. Um, and it's not just striking when it comes yeah. to grappling. Like we've seen him throw around Jack Hermanson. Yeah. Like that's not easy to do. Not at and all. And he went and went out there and did it and made it look easy. So. Is it smart to go in there early and start trying to take down Nate Diaz? I don't think so. I think he strikes for the first couple rounds. Yeah. Um, I think if Nate wants to win this fight, he lets the pressure come to him, puts his back to the cage, and then tries to reverse it and gets Hamzat's back to the cage. Yeah. I think that's his best bet. Even then, like how long does that last though? You know? Um, I mean, his his hope needs is going to have to be to get it to the ground and like damage, put damage on him. Yeah. So that later when it does come later, he's not the one who suffered so much. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's going to be a hard fight for Nate Diaz. I, that's it. I don't think it's a hard fight for Hamzat. Honestly. Yeah. And that's, that's also saying Nate Diaz is going to go out there and implement a game plan. Yeah. Which he doesn't really do. No, he goes never. out there and he brawls. Yeah. He just goes out there and just throws down weights for his opening. You know, in the last minute of a twenty-four minute fight, and yeah. points and like uh, just points at you after he rocks <laughs> your shit. Yeah, accomplish nothing with that. And so, I don't know. Uh, we could kind of go back and forth with this, though. You know, it's it's a there's a lot of aspects going in this fight. Like, do I think Hosma can easily just like bulldoze through this dude easily? It sucks to see Nate Diaz go out like this. I think he's um, he's he's talked about this is gonna be his last UFC fight. He's already talking about starting his uh, real one real ones promotions. Which will be his Real fight, ones. yeah, and it's gonna be his uh, fight promotions that he's getting his promoter license in, and so um, if you also look into it, um, his brother Nick also used to have his own fight promotions. He fought for him. It was the Gracie Fighting Championships. They put on one event, so hopefully people now recognize because I feel like the Diaz brothers are also more of a household name, even more. Yeah, you know, so hopefully people will get behind that. Um, people are going back and forth like, what talent is Nate Diaz gonna bring to his stuff? And so and all that. It's like, well, I mean, that's the thing is, it's gonna be um probably regional promotions. You know, it's gonna be just helping get these guys into the next level. So I'm I'm hoping he brings some help. From yeah, professional like experts in their field. Yeah, Bjorn Not Rebney just trying to do it himself. Bjorn Rebney. I don't know who that is. That's the old promoter for Bellator. Oh, okay. Back when they were everybody was on steroids, like Hector Lombard. Hey. 
Hector Lombard had some great and fun fights. Yeah, dude, he's knocking everybody the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that's, I don't know. That's, that's all I really have to say about that, though. Uh, I do think um, I'm calling Nate Diaz by submission, though. Oh, yeah? I'm going to yeah. say Hamzat by decision. By decision? You're just going to pick the least likely thing to happen? <clears throat> no, I think um, I think he's going to have trouble knocking out Diaz. Um I don't see him past the end th- going into the third round. I don't see him rushing Nate Diaz. Yeah. If he makes it, if Diaz makes it through to the third round, I think Kamzat's going to have to be like, okay, I have to chill out and really make sure I fight this fight correctly yeah. because Diaz is going to catch me if I don't. Yeah. And exactly how you said a submission too. So I, I think he'll, if it gets to past the second round, he's going to relax and, Keep the pressure, but not the aggression. Yeah, because he did talk about how he did from his last fight that he was trying way too hard for that knockout. That's what cost yeah. him a lot of shit, you know. So, um, yeah, man, that is UFC two seventy nine. So, yeah, let us know your thoughts. Uh, follow us at Devin the Bear, please. <clears throat> also, uh, uh, shout out to my boy Fig and Porter at work. They listen to the podcast, and I told Mister Figs I would give him a shout out. So. Thanks for the listens, guys. Yeah, let us know your thoughts on Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. We like talking, so please talk to us. Also, buy this pay-per-view because this is Nate Diaz's last fight. So if you are a fan of him, help him get some pay-per-view points in in with this career with a check. Or, counterpoint, don't buy it because screw SPN. Yeah, that's who. Also, stick it to the man like Nate Diaz did. Fuck him. Yeah. (laughs)